I am now joined by Sarita Walker. She is also known as Melba O'Connor. That's her author name. Sarita Walker, a.k.a. Melba O'Connor, is the author of the book called Glaucoma and Me. Sarita, welcome to the Black Book Show. Please Hello. start by introducing yourself to the listeners. Okay, well, first of all, I'd like to say thank you. Thank you for having me on the show. I think I feel very uh, excited to be on this um this platform with you. Yeah, so as you said, um, my name is, is Sarita Walker. I am a author, teacher, and candle maker um, from South East London. Um, I am passionate about uh, education, literacy. Um, I'm an avid traveler and foodie. So there's so many strings to my bow uh, that I'm, I'm excited to, to share with you today. So you're the author of the book called Glaucoma and Me. Yes. So again, first of all, I mean, I want you to give an overview of the book, but before you even do that, a lot of people that are listening to the Black Book Show, a lot of people in general, will mm -hmm. not even know what glaucoma is. So mm -hmm. first of all, I guess I would like you to explain what glaucoma is and then give, go in to give us an overview of the book. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, yes, that's very true. Unfortunately, a lot of people haven't heard of a glaucoma. Or if they have heard of it, they tend to think of a, uh, it affecting only a certain type of person or a particular age. Um, so in short, glaucoma is a, a very common eye condition where your optic nerve is damaged. So the optic nerve is the nerve at the back of the eye, and that is the reason why we see it's because of the optic nerve why we see because it connects it's the nerve that connects uh, the back of the eye to the brain which is how we see so when that is damaged it impedes on our sight so that the reason why that could get damaged is from a, a variety of reasons one of it, them is having high pressure being built up in the eye which then causes nerve damage and then slowly affects uh, the sight and can potentially cause uh, visual impairment. And um, I realized that so, not, so many people didn't know a whole lot about it because at one point it used to mainly affect people who were uh, above 60. But now it's it's no longer, it no longer just affects a particular group of people. You can be any age and, you know, I've met so many people who was diagnosed at different ages. One lady was diagnosed from the age of nine. I myself, I was diagnosed as a teenager uh, at the age of 19. But there are many different factors. If you're short-sighted, you are at high risk of get getting glaucoma. Um, if you have it in your family, it can also be hereditary. Um, your ethnicity, for example, if you're from a black, black or brown community, it tends to be more, or they say it tends to be more aggressive um, and may cause more severe sight loss. So there's many different factors to it. And that was one of the, the, the inspirations behind the book. So the book, Glucoma in Me, is pretty self-explanatory in the title. However, it's really told through the eyes of a young uh, lady, a, a young girl um, who has glaucoma. And she is out to explain to people 
just a glimpse of her life, what it's like, what it's uh, what, not only what it's like living with glaucoma, but also um, how she navigates through life, what her parents do to help her, how her friends support her, um, w- how her teacher can make small and, and subtle slight changes to help her and the medical people that she sees that also play a part. So it's a it's a whole um, holistic uh, approach as to the different facets of your life, how different people and, and, and medical professionals can, can help you through glaucoma in addition to t- telling people about it. And um, yeah, I'm very proud of, of this book and I just really hope that the general message um, it reach, reaches people. So what is it like living with glaucoma? Um, I'm presuming as well, well you, you said, you know, that you suffered with glaucoma and mm-hmm. I'm not sure maybe this, the book, the character, uh, the main character is Trinidad in the book, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm assuming that maybe based off of you. It is based off of me. Um, that's an interesting question, what it's like uh, living with glaucoma. Um, it's really started, again, from when I was a young age, many different factors leading up to it. I was actually born, I was born one pound, 12 ounces, just to give a short mini testimony, uh, if you will, if I will. Um, I was born one pound, 12 ounces as a child, uh, a prem baby, premature baby, and um, medical, the doctors reckon that during that time, um, it caused a lack of development in my in my eyes. And it wasn't until I went to nursery, I started, they noticed that, that I started to walk into things. And then it came out that it transpired that my sight was affected. So I was actually born severely sight impaired. And but I actually didn't register until just a few years ago, actually, because just the very thought of being officially registered as severely sight impaired psychologically holds so much weight on you. You know, having to declare it on application forms and things is a whole list of 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 um, pros and cons to that. But anyway, um, yeah. So I was short sighted. I started to wear contact lenses from a very young age, as well as really, really thick glasses. That you know, I was teased um, not only throughout school but you know you know what cousins are like as well and just you know kids in general are mean so it's not necessarily a well it's me you know if you're fat you get teased so if you wear thick glasses it's natural to to get teased and at the age of 19 I noticed there was a lot of uh, throbbing at the back of my eye which is very important that I also want to encourage through this book that people can get their eyes checked um regularly I believe it's supposed to be at least once a year or every six months which is twice a year so um yes I've noticed there was some throbbing at the back of my eye and when I went to the hospital they done their various checks and it transpired that I did indeed have glaucoma and from then on I've been on uh, eye drops, um, several different eye drops. I think one time I was up to maybe five different eye drops a day. Um, that's now, you know, even tablets as well. And I've had um, quite a few, maybe four eye surgeries. So there's many different ways that it can be managed. But unfortunately, um, you know, in this day and age, where there's so many medical advancements. There's still no cl- no cure for glaucoma once you have it 
you have it. And if there are any sight, any sight that gets lost as a result of it, at the moment, you can't get it back. So it, it is a, a, a serious um, eye condition to have. And it's very important to be aware of it and, you know, just be get checked regularly and to do as much as we can to take care of of the site that, that we have and make us more appreciative of the site that we have. Well, we know with several diseases that they could be inherited and passed on, like the sickle cell trait, diabetes, yeah. you know, yes. various different illnesses. Is glaucoma something that can be passed down, inherited from a parent? Yes. Uh, my maternal grandfather had glaucoma and... Uh, as such it came down to me or it, it was yeah hereditary that way so one of the first questions they ask is um is there anybody in your family that has glaucoma so it's similar to what you mentioned about you know diabetes and and um sickle cell it, yeah it's, yeah yeah diabetes and sickle cell so they're similar in that sense if you have it in your family you're more likely to get glaucoma but not necessarily but it is important to get checked out for that. Okay, so in regards to the book now, um, as as you mentioned, the main character Trinidad is, um, which is you know, based off of you. Now Trinidad, interestingly, you know, when people say Trinidad, they normally think about the 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 <laughs> the country. I mean, I guess what what made you? My, I, I'm interested in what made you come up with that name for the main character Trinidad, <laughs> and then tell us a bit more about the character of Trinidad. <laughs> Well, yeah, it's so funny because um, a few years ago, or many, a few, yeah, a few years ago, there was a actually a rap artist. His name was Trinidad James, and although I wasn't the biggest fan of his music, I remember thinking, "Oh, I quite like that name," and it's different, you know. Um, so that was kind of was the it's kind of put at the back of my mind. I thought, "Oh, that's quite a, a different name. I quite like." hearing names a lot of character names that are different in general and I thought why not you know it, it's a Caribbean country my, my heritage is Jamaican so it's, it's not from Trinidad but it's still I just really like the name it's different and and such decided to use it I thought why not um she is Trinidad herself she's a young vivacious intelligent lady she's very um sporadic and um, she likes to make new friends. She likes to teach people things. You know, if she has new knowledge, what her passion is to let people know um, about certain vocabulary that's specific to glaucoma or the eyes. You know, she has friends that are different. They're not the usual um, type of friend, popular friends that everyone hangs around and goes for. She isn't, didn't, grow up being the, the popular girl um in school but as and as such she's able to defer befriend such a wide variety of friends so one of her friends two best friends actually she has one of them called Soraya who's a a young Muslim girl who wears the the hijab well the, not hijab sorry a headscarf and another one of her friends is called Bronwyn and who's in a wheelchair and you don't usually see uh, many books that have 
uh, diverse, not only diverse characters in terms of ethnicity, but also diverse um, characters in terms of ability, you know, ability and disability, you know, that that kind of um, is usually just one type, you know, quite monolithical type characters. You know, we assume that everybody can walk and run, you know, and I think people who have dis a variety of disabilities, people who um, can't walk, so people who are visibly in physical disabilities, like in a wheelchair. So there's lots of people such as those who are not usually represented in, in children's books. And I wanted to just make as many people feel included as possible. This is the Black Book Show with McConan Sankofa, and I'm joined with Sarita Walker, otherwise known as Melba O'Connor. And I want to concentrate now on your pen name because, you, you know, your real name is Sarita Walker. Uh, I, have, I hope I haven't exposed you. No, <laughs> that's fine. Melba O'Connor is your pen name, your author name. So why did you try decide to... Uh, you know, publish this book or write this book under your uh, a pen name, author name? Do you know what? I actually toyed with the idea of whether to do it or not. Um, the fact that I decided to use a pen name was really just simply an expression or an extension rather of my creativity. I quite like thinking of different types of, of names and but also being a teacher and with my obviously using my actual name, you know, professionally, um, in addition to, you know, I am a, a, a candle maker as well, the Brixton Candle Company. So my name is also associated with that. I wanted um, what I do um, with children in the in the in the the written sense, um, how I could differentiate it. And by also showing um, honor because of my my Melba is my middle name, and O'Connor is my my paternal grandmother's middle name, who you know it was late, so she inspires me as well. So I just wanted to pay homage, really. So it is a pen name, but it's still a family name. So my middle name, my grandmother's middle name. So it's not a complete uh, different different names so they're still essentially my names really so I just thought it would be fun and I tried not to overthink it too much and some of the great artists and and um authors have, have pen names so I thought why not okay can you before we go further um because I'm gonna you know talk a bit more you've just touched about on but you know you've got a candle business I'm gonna talk about a bit more about that later but before we go any further can you just tell the listeners where they can purchase a copy of your book from yeah so um Glucoma and Me by Mobile O'Connor can be purchased um online through Amazon um also on eBay as well but it can also be purchased at uh, www.brixtoncandlecoal.com. So that's www.brixtoncandlecoal.com, which is the preferred avenue that I'd rather, um, if possible, people use. But whatever's convenient to you, the main thing is that the, I want people to read it, embrace it, read it to your children, um, any young person, or just even read it to yourself, buy it for yourselves, really. I, I was at um, 
an event where a, a lady bought um the book and I signed it for her and I, I asked her what the name was and she asked me to write it to herself to her which I did so it's really about an education um not only for through the young people but not just for young people it's for everybody to learn something new um and learn how they themselves can be compassionate and make small changes to help to accommodate somebody who has a visual impairment and just general all-round awareness so it's kind of a a general uh, feel-good book you know promoting um inclusivity and touches on anti-bullying as well okay well yes. sounds like a very interesting educational and informative book um mm-hmm. i mean the age range of the of, of the book what what who is the you know the, the the age group that your your target market is do you know what i'd actually say for in for everybody uh broadly speaking but then looking at the book there are people that would say they could it could be from you know five to seven, maybe. Um, but it, it's a book that you know my my older brother, my 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 younger brother has read it and he enjoyed it. He reads it to his son, and um, yeah, it, it really is. I would like to think that it really is for everybody. But to have a specific, I really don't like to put necessary specifics on it. But I guess loosely speaking, maybe five to seven, let's say. Because it does have illustrations as well. Okay, great. So let's talk about now your candle business. So tell us a bit more about that. So the candle business, that was, I started that, I would say maybe four years ago, four to, well, it was my brainchild initially, about five years ago. Um, I am still an avid candle maker prior to my deciding to get into the candle industry, um, complete avid candle lover um next to being a foodie you know and those are the usually the two things that I would tend to buy as gifts to myself as a treat to myself so I was just spending a lot of money on candles and one day I said to myself you know why don't I try to make my own candles and and also in terms of fragrances that were out there at the time and still today are often very one-dimensional and very kind of um the kind of very samey very samey very plain usually you know either rose or vanilla and there's nothing wrong with those fragrances it's just there's nothing much um that was innovative about them and with of course me being born and raised in Brixton which even though it's still in the throes of gentrification uh, there's something really um earthy and, and urban about Brixton that I really wanted to to incorporate in in, in my candles as far as uh, creating inspirational fragrances. So I came up with five basic signature fragrances, um, all have their own different uh, scents and inspirations. And it was just uh, my love, not only for um, Brixton and you know the Caribbean community that helped shape Brixton to what it is today, wanting to pay homage to that, and also, in, in addition to doing that, um, further raising awareness for visual impairment, a percentage of all sales, including the book Glaucoma in Me, when purchased through my website, the Brixton 
candleco.com a uh, percentage of those purchases goes towards supporting Moorfields Eye Hospital charity uh, for which you know I've been a patient for for many years and met so many people who's had uh, successful you know, eye surgeries uh, it was one of the best you know eye hospitals in the world and but their charity arm you know needs you know you know funding and and awareness to help do the the research and and um yeah the back all the background research that they need to do to to further do lots of developments within the eye care industry so that was the main thing about that to be honest okay. yeah well we're about to wrap things up now but before we go please tell the listeners again the website and spell it where they can buy your book and also you know your uh your pro- your candle products and other products that may be on your website mm-hmm. well yes well um you can purchase my candles uh, as well as the book glaucoma and me at www.brixtoncandlecoal.com you can also follow me on or follow the company on Instagram at Brixton underscore Candlecoal. That's Brixton underscore Candlecoal. You can also follow the book Glaucoma and Me on Instagram, which will be at Glaucoma is spelled G-L-A-U-C-O-M-A and me, all one word. That's the five main sense, signature sense is, you know, one of them is called Bayana which is a, a lovely uh, tropical fragrance inspired by Notting Hill Carnival. So there's like coconut and pineapple and apple. Um, you have Market Row, which anybody has been to Brixton, there is a market called Market Row. And it's kind of like a, a, a citrusy incense type of uh, fragrance, which is very invigorating. Um, I'm kind of making it short because I understand we're going to be wrapping up soon. Um, one is called uh, Eritrea Nights. I went to an Eritrean restaurant in Brixton and I ordered coffee and it came with uh, popcorn. And I thought, oh, they're so lovely and different. Uh, how can I recreate that fragrance? So uh, it is a mixture of, you know, coffee and and um, chocolate, caramel kind of fragrances in there as well. We also have uh, Mama Polenta which is anybody who's from the Caribbean, uh, particularly um, Jamaica, where they have cornmeal porridge, which is like a, it's like a spiced vanilla fragrance. So it's inspired by that. And we also have Cerisy, which is a medicinal herb. It's, it's inspired by a medicinal herb that's found uh, in Jamaica. So that has a mixture of sage and thyme and bay rum as well. It's quite a, a herbaceous scent. And we also do have um, some seasonal ones as well, such as uh, um, uh, cranberry, cracking cranberry and, you know, frankincense and myrrh as well. So those are the, the seasonal ones which can all be found at, you know, www.brixtoncandlecoal.com as well as the book. It'd be all like a, a, a good book for children, grandchildren, uh, for young people, you know, literacy matters. And... Um, also have limited edition bookmarks as well for the first few um, sold and um, yes and a percentage of all sales will go towards supporting Moorfields Eye Hospital Charity. So far we've raised managed to raise over £150 
for the Moorfield Eye Hospital charity as well and and counting. Okay, well, thanks, Sarita, for joining us on this edition of the Black Book Show.